0: welcome to into the aether it's a low-key video game podcast my name is brenda bigley that was a that was an interesting pause i'm steven hilger what was on your mind <laughs> i was just thinking about crusader kings 3
1: <laughs> <laughs> a game neither of us can play yeah. sadly we were just reminiscing or the opposite of reminiscing longing yes uh, for the opportunity to play because that's the one big void in our in our aether is that neither of us have a gaming pc yeah but yeah, it looks it looks amazing it looks yeah, our so whole, our ridiculous. whole discord is like
0: pretty much fired up about crusader kings 3 right now and i have played the second one and enjoyed it um I, ne- I never got as deep into it as i think people tend to with those games because they're like infinitely replayable is kind of the idea yeah. and they constantly throw out updates for it uh, that just make it even deeper uh, in ways that are absolutely terrifying uh and and yeah i don't know three sounds great looks great uh all i want to do is play it can't at the moment it's on pc game pass so like i could see a world in which it shows up on console game pass for xbox users eventually I mean, even if it was just as, like, unfortunate a control scheme as, like, you know, use the analog stick as a mouse pointer and then press the A button to click on things, like, I'd be fine with that. I've, I've been playing Hypnospace Outlaw on Switch right now, and that's how you play Hypnospace Outlaw. It's like, you just yeah. kind of move the pointer around the screen and click on things because it's the internet, but on a Switch.
1: Um, I had a friend uh, around the time StarCraft 2 came out, he had only played StarCraft 1 on the N64 oh version. Oh my god, yeah, so he was like, I'm pretty good. I'm like I'm sorry, you can't be. Like with that with that controller, like you just yeah. can't. I'm
0: not good either, trust me. But like there's just some <laughs> things you can't
1: pull off with the joystick and the the drag of the A button.
0: Yeah. Oh my god. That's but, horrifying. I didn't even yeah. know that was an
1: option. It it was not it was it's a rare game. It's one of the more pricey N sixty four games. Um they yeah. did not make too many for good reason <laughs>
0: <laughs> they got like halfway through printing their first order They're like, like what are do we doing what is this? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The, the zerg like flesh overtook the, the cartridge
1: yeah yuck, yuck. <laughs>
0: um also speaking of the discord wanted to just mention a thing that's happening in there right now if you are part of the discord and you haven't seen this yet uh we have a new uh we have a new channel it's called community pickle um and it's uh essentially an into the aether like community video games bracket uh that's happening Everybody uh, who is in the Discord posted a list of I think it was 20 games 10 to 20 games that they thought were like you know the the best games that represented the the aether community um, and uh, now there's a bracket and there's been voting every couple days and it's uh, getting intense which is really fun so if you are part of the discord uh, go check out that channel and, and vote for some stuff I'm actually I definitely want to talk about how this shakes out um, I think yeah by the end we'll, of we'll we'll uh, we'll announce what it ends up being for sure yeah uh, but it's 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 an exciting thing and you can join the discord by going to into the cast on online there's a link there in case you're not part of that uh, I would recommend being a part of that because uh, it's a great community
1: it's a great place yeah and in that election in that uh choosing what games are on the bracket there were some decisions that I literally said oof out loud yeah so I was like, I can't this is it did, <laughs> this is beyond apples and oranges yeah it did
0: take me literally all day between when the first list or like when the submit your picks went up and when I submitted it uh it, it was an all-day affair I mean right now there's some there's some easy picks in here, you know, uh, but then there are things like Golf Story versus Skyrim. Uh, that which, was like, one of the oofs. Yeah. yeah, it made it made me upset because the obvious vote is Skyrim. But I, I, I just felt bad for Golf Story, which is also a game that I love dearly.
1: Yeah, I felt like I uh, I think it was described as a David and Goliath vote. And like, I feel like I <laughs> I voted for the Goliath and also felt shitty about it. <laughs> but yeah. um, but yeah, there's definitely like I feel like there has to be like two or three games that we've covered that I won't say because they're obvious but i feel like there will be a few that will definitely make the bracket i can feel it yeah yeah and the stars i think so too uh
0: anyway that's all that's all the front loady stuff i wanted to do um can we talk about tony hawk pro skater one plus two yeah please absolutely
1: it's out it is out uh it came out last week um and Brendan and I actually played it together with, with a friend of mine, my friend Connor and we were in a party, kind of like what we do with Sekiro, we were in a Playstation party all just playing on our own end and going, this is so good, into a microphone, which for, is great. Yeah, for
0: like hours <laughs> we just yeah, like, it was be completely hours. silent and then just be like, man, this is great <laughs> In short, if you if you only have 10 seconds to listen to this episode, I will say uh,
1: it is is everything it, it aimed to be and everything you probably want it to be I've got a couple, like small all nitpicks with it but honestly it's incredible it's a really fun time it feels like I, I was thinking about what to say with this game and i think it's interesting to have the same year as final fantasy 7 remake and this both remakes that are treating the idea of a remake in a really interesting way So with FF7, you can listen to our uh, two-part, one-spoiler, one-odd episode about it if you want to hear more details. But otherwise, that's a game that (laughs) is narratively interested in interrogating what it means to be a remake, like in the world, in the fictional world itself. Whereas Tony Hawk 1 plus 2 is like simultaneously beholden to to the original games, but the spirit of the game itself is very interested in feeling modern and like kind of paying homage to the past and present of skating in general. So that creates a really wonderful game that is kind of like the antithesis of what you usually expect. I mean, that's kind of a lot of focus right now. It's kind of, it, it's, it's sad refreshing to see a game come out and like be so set up to have like eight DLC on launch and like a season pass. <laughs> yeah, and like you know you have to pay ten bucks to be Chad Musker or whatever. <laughs> and like it is so, it is so PS One through and through in terms mm-hmm. of like how it is structured and designed that it's just nice to have a game that's like really just asking you to play it however you want it to and like not really wanting anything more than that there's like a really it's not common to find a game like that especially with like a, a sports game I guess you would count this as
0: yeah it is weirdly it's it's weirdly refreshing I think to play a game that is like this kind of opaque in a way that only like 90s early 2000s games were you know it's 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 like exceedingly difficult at times at other times it's like so arcadey that it's like almost frustrating but there's kind of a joy in that you know like when you spend the two minutes you have to skate around a level like trying to get one collectible and it's like absolutely impossible and you have to do it over and over and over again that's the kind of stuff that I think you know in in the modern age of game development and and design sensibilities you would sand those edges off you know you'd find ways around that to make it a little bit more palatable I think and a little less uh, repetitive and frustrating but there is something to be said in the same way i can't believe i'm about to make this analogy but here it comes anyway in the same way you know that that you would fight a boss in a souls game over and over and over again like sometimes collecting skate in tony hawk is that difficult and when you you know go through your two minute cycles over and over and over and over again and eventually collect skate in that level uh you get that same sense of joy and accomplishment you know it it weirdly enough you know mirrors the act of trying to put a skate video together you know like when you're Mm -hmm. watching like a skater compilation on youtube or if you bought a dvd like i did when i was younger and loved skateboarding because of the tony hawk games you would have these instances where you would just be watching you know incredible pro skaters pulling off moves that like oh you could only dream of uh pulling off in real life but in reality Every single shot in that half hour took, you know, multiple days of attempts of that one thing to get it right. And that's very much what the the two minute per level cycle of Tony Hawk kind of captures in a way that I had never really clicked with back in the day because I wasn't thinking about games in that way. Um, but, but in an attempt to try and accomplish some of these objectives in this game, um, I, I just found that that was kind of like a a beautiful analogy. Um yeah man, I I loved these games growing up. I always have. Uh and and this is a joy. I've played let me let me let me be frank. I uh have not had a lot of time to do things recently because of the move and things like that. Um I have managed to play like probably 8 to 10 hours of this game in in a very limited time frame. Um wow. I was up until like midnight last night playing it. I am almost completely done with it. Um just in terms of like unlocking all the levels 100% comp- Completing all the levels getting all those skill points so like my my creative character who is obviously waluigi is leveled all the way up <laughs> um yeah i i i've almost like completed uh i think like the main route of this game um which is kind of fun and wild and and uh yeah i'm just like i'm eating it up it, it is everything that i wanted it to be and more i guess it's a good segue to like the structure of the game itself yes, so
1: as as you could have guessed it's a ground up remaster of tony hawk one and two so it has all the levels from both games most of the soundtrack from both games in addition to new tracks which like kind of aids the theme in addition to the roster having the old skaters and the and the new generation of skaters like this kind of meshing of worlds yeah or generations rather and uh when you're in the main menu uh you can choose tony hawk 1 tony hawk 2 and it just gives you like the the rundown of stages you have unlocked and what you need to unlock the next one it's really nice that they don't feel like it's not like a kingdom hearts collection scenario where like you're loading up one and that is the whole game you know yes yes. like you can kind of seamlessly switch between the two games and it really
0: does make it feel like just one total experience right and then there's also Free Skate at the beginning, which is actually yeah. just all of the levels, you know, kind of blended together. Yeah. So there's no actual loading into Tony Hawk 1 or 2 even uh, on, on a minuscule level like there is with the campaigns.
1: Which is great because honestly, as much as I love the, the score chasing and the kind of arcade goals, I've been enjoying this game kind of in a steep adjacent way yeah. where like... The most time I've spent has just been in Free Skate. And, like, uh, it's worth noting you have all the levels unlocked for Free Skate right away. Maybe not, like, the secret, secret ones. Because you and I both, like, are wondering if, like, the moon and, and, like, the more kind of hidden levels like that are somewhere in the game. Yeah. Um, I... Yeah, we'll, we'll get to secrets in a bit cuz I have okay. I have so many thoughts about this, but yeah. But, you know, for all the stages that are in the main game, they're there and you can just either do like a a 2-minute skate session where like you can just get as many points as possible and you're you see your rank online yeah. right away. Uh I am a 900th in uh, the warehouse. So <laughs> there you go.
0: Um That's actually kind of
1: impressive. Weirdly, yeah, for just like goofing around. I didn't even <laughs> I wasn't even using my full power. Anyway, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I I like just doing free skate if I'm like on the phone with someone or like yeah. you know, just kind of needs to like do something ambiently. I really like that. So that's great. I'll I'll do my two nitpicks of the game. I really like Again, I'm also eating this up and having a great time, but there are two major thorns in my shoe that don't get in the way of the experience, but I just have to vent it out so we can move on. I'm so interested. If you were ever interested in in spending your money on a UI UX course, what I would recommend (laughs) is save your money, spend $40 on Tony Hawk Pro Skater 1 plus 2, look at what's happening with the menus, and do the opposite. And that will be your course, (laughs) because it is a nightmare. I I want you i want to give you a second dear listener to you know you got the game how do you think choosing your skater should progress what do you think choosing your skater looks like i guarantee you didn't think it was hitting r1 twice then triangle Uh, it took brendan and i over an hour to figure out how to change our character yeah we thought that that we thought that
0: you had to play as tony hawk throughout the campaign the entire time (laughs) and then you would unlock new skaters um, yeah and then I, I noticed there was a triangle button next to Tony Hawk's name which is the only indication that that's how you change your skater yeah. it is not in the menu called skater
1: and like the the, the design and the and the like a, the look of everything is great like I love the loading screens I love how the music keeps playing like as you're entering a mode it makes it feel really uh, seamless yeah. so like that that all rules but like the the layout feels like someone stepped on an excel spreadsheet and like threw it at you and you're like <laughs> what do I do with this why are there eight tabs for one thing yeah that's rough and, the, and i had to say the creator skater uh is it's just a little bit limited like it's 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 good if you want to stay grounded and there's some fun options and like you know i, I think that it, it's functional but I, i'm used to the more esoteric creator in the older games where you could be like like I was a little trying to make Superman yeah. to to be uh, in place of the ska song in the game, and like you can't really make anything. Like even your Waluigi is like pretty grounded. He's just a dude with a mustache. Yeah, you know? I was just about
0: to say the, yeah. the mustache is doing a lot of heavy lifting in that in that skater. Um, um, yeah, it's brutal. That being said, the create a park is like re. They put all their work yes. into that. It is extremely robust, and the stuff yeah. that people have created already is wild. Um, and yeah. it comes preloaded with a bunch of like developer ones. As well, there's one that's going around right now that's like a roller coaster. Uh, it's so fun. Where you just hold down the grind button and then you're essentially riding a roller coaster, and it is like unbelievable. And the kind of thing that you know the the team that made this game is just like so proud to have included in there. Yeah, and they should. Yeah, be. it was.
1: It was really fun. I mean, I felt like I cheated, though, because at the end of the roller coaster, I got like the achievement you get for like the best grind possible. I'm like, nah, that was on a
0: roller coaster. Yeah, it was like hit one million points is the achievement or something. Yeah. I
1: didn't max out rail balance for Chad Muska. Thank you. (laughs) Are you Um, playing
0: as Chad Muska? I'm actually
1: playing as Tony because because it took us so long to find how to change your character, I had already like invested a lot in like, you know, as you play, you can find stat points in the levels and you also just like get. Stat points as you play, so I would already invested enough in him that I kind of felt like, okay, I want to like max out Tony before I move on. Yeah, and I do like every every skater has like a few boards and an and a, and a array of apparel and they had their own unique challenges to that skater that you have to pull off to yes. unlock their other things which is really cool it is a little weird though that like you get money in the game like an in-game currency that you can spend at the skate shop to buy like hundreds of of boards and clothes and all that but you can only Equip that on your custom skater. Yeah. So it feels a little like, not that I like necessarily want to like dress up Tony, but like I just feel <laughs> like it's a little bit weird that like there's so much, but it's only if you've made a character. Right. Which is, again, it's not really getting the way of the experience, but there's just some things like that that are a little odd but yeah it's it's so much fun i mean the 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 levels are it has that kind of feeling like final fantasy 7 remake where you're like in these places that like the ps1 could barely render and now they're like photorealistic it really does i don't normally i'm not a sucker for that like i don't care
0: i don't need things to look better but in a game like this it really pays off yeah the big thing that i forgot about until i went back and watched an actual comparison of Tony hawk 1 and 2 to this game uh is is that the draw distance in those games was like awful back in the day you know like it, it you could only really see the next like 100 feet in front of you but in this game you can see the entirety of the park that you're skating and literally at all times because the whole thing's loaded uh, all, all at once and it, and it made me just wonder how it was even possible that i was able to play this game back in the day you know to, yeah to have yeah. the fog be so strong that you couldn't actually see what was in front of you in those games is kind of wild um yeah but i mean some of the like little touches they've done to kind of update some of the levels in this game is also like just glorious you know like the hangar uh level which is the first one in uh tony hawk 2 is essentially just like a shrine to Neversoft um, and and is like covered in posters for all of the Neversoft Tony Hawk games which is just like such a lovely thing honestly Um, there's also a secret area in that game or in that level so there's there's the secret level that everybody or the secret area that everybody finds where you grind the top of the helicopter and takes off and busts open apart there's another secret area in that level where you actually get to see into the Neversoft offices uh, and see a bunch of like posters on the wall inside there which is also really cool I just love I love that kind of stuff and then there's other ones that like i always thought were just like kind of nice back in the day but like didn't really think about like venice beach you know which is just like okay cool oh, you're on a gosh. beach it's great in this game it is permanently like just about sunset you know it's like the sun is like just hovering above the horizon line um and the entire place is just completely covered in graffiti and it's mm-hmm. all like original interesting like sick graffiti it's it's a beautiful vibrant uh space to explore um, my first couple runs through that level, I just found myself like checking it out and not even doing any of the challenges cause, just because I was like so smitten by the look of it. Yeah. Um, and, totally. I, and that just keeps happening over and over and over again. And then you run into levels that are like almost one to one exactly what you had in your memory. And as I think you were alluding to with Final Fantasy, it's filling in a lot of the blanks that you had yeah. when you were a kid, which is kind of what we were saying about about Final Fantasy seven to the remake. This game, like doing downhill jam in Tony Hawk one. Like, I, I, when I play it in this game, it, Looks and feels exactly like it felt in the original, even though if I went back and played the original, I'm sure it would be just like, you know, a a cardboard cutout in comparison, which I think is, you know, exactly what you would hope for in a remake like this. You know, it's exactly like the best case scenario. Uh, You know, some levels are have the spirit of the thing you remember, but just like look better. Some of them, you know, they've taken in a direction that just kind of like makes it kind of stand out more than it did originally, because, you know, Hangar was always essentially just warehouse, but not like run down. You know, like, yeah, that was always the scenario there. It was just like, oh, let's just do, let's just do Warehouse again. And this game turning that into like a Neversoft Shrine, um, really does make it more memorable than it was in the original, I think, in like totally really marked ways.
1: I mean, things just stand out more. Like, I, I, I for some reason, uh, playing this game, the the skate parks where there are competitions yeah, stand out to me because like everywhere else you're in some kind of like urban setting that wasn't inherently designed for skating. But then you get to these skate parks and they're like really fancy. And there's yes. almost like you feel the pressure to impress. You're like, I've just been skating in school too. While well, a dude <laughs> just runs after me in a golf cart. Now I'm like in downtown Chicago at an actual, you know, skating place. So that was, that's really cool. I mean, at Venice beaches, I was going to bring that up. If you didn't, that's, that's a free skate place for me. I just need to relax. It's a, it's one of the most beautiful settings in the game. And like, I think because there are only, you know, 10 levels, the fact that like they each stand out in their own way is just really a testament to, to quality over quantity in like any game, you know? Yeah, totally. The only level that like, doesn't really work for me is the mall because for some reason they went like full last
0: of us with it. Oh <laughs> like, yeah. It is very like, depressing. It's a sad place. Yeah. Uh, it,
1: it's it's a it's a it's still an interesting level but it just feels a little bit like sad you know compared to yeah the other side i was
0: gonna i was gonna bring that up actually so what, one of the things that i'm seeing a lot of people talk about with this game and i, I think rightfully so is that a lot of the like billboards and stuff in the game uh, are are very much like calling out the covid pandemic you know like if you're in school or school too there's a billboard that's like you know we're we're Uh, like, thank you to our teachers for teaching, you know, remote classes or something like hope you have a good like school year at home, things like that. When you're in the uh, New York uh, level, there's a bunch of billboards that are like thanking the essential workers and reminding people to wear masks. Even in Venice Beach, there's a plane that's flying around with a banner that says wash your hands, you know, which, you know, A, I think if you're going to take you know a thing that i think a lot of people are really stressed out about you know and put it in a game that people use to relax and kind of like disconnect from the world this is actually a really positive way of doing that uh i i think that there is actually a lot of merit in you know having this stuff kind of in here and it also to me matches the vibe of of like skate life weirdly in general you know like i i think that it uh it is a net benefit but the reason I'm bringing that up is mall being a rundown, abandoned place, like also weirdly is a commentary on the current state of malls in the yeah. United States and in the world, like most malls are... Uh, you know, closed because of the pandemic. But even before the pandemic was happening, most malls in the United States were closed down. Um, and I don't remember if mall originally in Tony Hawk was actually like this or not, or if this is like them updating the level to make it kind of, you know, abandoned and and, and falling apart. But uh, regardless, it is a commentary on that in the same way having all the wash your hands and wear a mask stuff is. Yeah, Which I thought was really interesting. Um, I, I agree with you that it's not my favorite level and I am probably not going to revisit it because it is kind of kind of sad to go through it's also one of the downhill levels which i tend to not like a whole lot in general uh downhill jam has some like fun stuff to do at least with like you know breaking all the water mains so the whole thing floods um yeah but it's very exciting yeah Yeah. but but Mall is kind of just like a tour of of a sad place. (laughs) I was really surprised to find in the same way that like, if you make a racing game uh, that has real cars in it, like Audis and BMWs and things like that, uh, they tend to not let you have crash physics because they don't want to show their cars like crumpling up and like getting destroyed. I was really surprised to find a lot of the brands and brand placement in this game uh, have a lot of stores that are closed down in this mall. There's like an Adidas store that's like boarded up and shut and stuff, you know, which like I I'm kind of surprised Adidas was like, yeah, that's totally cool to just show our store like, (laughs) you know, out of business yeah i mean i think you brought up a lot of good
1: points there with the idea of reflecting skating culture and commentating what's happening right now and i think the best thing this game does is refuse to inherently be like just nostalgic you know if like if it was just the original roster and just the old tracks and you know i I think it's i think it's important that the the original roster are all like as old as they are now with the new roster and the new music i think it, it feels like it's keeping the series alive rather than just being like hey remember this you know because i think that that would have failed the game yes uh so there's there's a lot of nostalgia inherently but i think like it is crafted in a way that i think anyone can pick up whether they're new or or returning to the series after a long time and they will enjoy it i will say you can tell so uh in tony hawk 2 That was the game that added the manual, which is kind of like you do a a little nose grind on your skateboard. And what that does is it lets you link combos really easily. Mm -hmm. So you can, like, you know, do some vert tricks, land, manual, grind. And then, you know, you can kind of link things together that you couldn't in the first game. I do think you can tell that they really want you to manual in the Tony Hawk 2 levels because they're way farther apart. Yes. Like every Tony Hawk 1 level... Kind of has some grind that will take you through like most of the level or a big chunk of it. And it'll be like a pool. But the Tony Hawk 2 levels, like School 2... Doesn't even look like you should be there. Like, there's no clear. <laughs> it doesn't look like... And that's actually really interesting that there are some levels that don't look inviting to a skater. So you have to be creative. Yeah. Almost like you're mountain climbing. You're like, how do I make this work? Which I think is really fascinating. So I find myself like... I think the two levels are a little bit harder. Uh, but they're almost like a weird reflection of the one levels. Like, I mean, literally, Warehouse and Hangar and school and school too. But yeah, it's a, it's a really great experience. I mean, it's also $40. So like we talked about how there's no DLC or whatever. It's not even a $60 game, which like it could totally be. And I wouldn't feel bad about it. You know, yeah. I think that this game is so interested in being respectful to the player in all ways, whether it's telling you to stay safe, thanking you for being an essential worker or like honoring the future of skating <laughs> as well. As, it's just doing yeah. a lot of good. It's a lot of good energy going on.
0: You mentioned uh, in our, our discussion about the way- warehouse demo a while back uh the fact that you were looking at the title of the game differently you know like one plus two is is literally you know tony hawk one and tony hawk two being remastered but also it, it's kind of like an allusion to celebrating the future of of the franchise and and tony hawk in general um which i i totally get even more now playing the game yeah me um, too. especially given like some of the new skaters that are involved in there you know like tony hawk's son is one of the skaters um yeah you know the, the first like non-binary uh skater is is in here now which is awesome um i don't know it just it just feels like they really are gearing up to make this franchise have like a pretty major comeback in a way um and, yeah. and there have been some interviews with tony hawk and people at vicarious visions talking about like yeah we definitely want to do more of these it's just a question of like how well does this first one do um, which I think kind of gets at a thing you and I were talking about, which was, you know, are they going to include Tony Hawk three eventually, you know, as like DLC? Are they going to include Tony Hawk four as DLC eventually? Uh, Tony Hawk four had like a had like a campaign and stuff, which would like make things change pretty dramatically. But three, you could kind of just fit in here pretty easily, I think. But I, I'm really interested to see where the franchise goes next because it really seems like this was to me. Uh, them doing to Tony Hawk what 343 Studios did with Halo 4 which was like once once Bungie was out of Halo and and they started working on Destiny and Microsoft was like we still need to make Halo games and they gave it to 343 Halo 4 is the most like paint by numbers like we made a Halo game and you liked it like kind of thing possible you know they, they weren't trying to do anything too exciting or, or really outside of the realm of uh, normalcy for Halo it was just a very paint by numbers Halo game just to prove that they could do it and that's kind of what this game feels like in a way it feels like Vicarious Vision saying Like a lot of people have tried to make Tony Hawk games past their prime and they tend to not work out. So like, why don't we just take one and 2 the things that you love and the things that you remember and have like strong nostalgic attachment to and and just make that exactly the way everybody wants it. And Tony Hawk in in an interview with our our mutual friend, uh, Dom, friend of the show. Hello. um, He said in that interview, uh, essentially, um, that that this the whole game just exists as like a way of thanking the fans who've been asking for it for so long. You know, uh, this very much is just like a byproduct of people wanting it for years and years, especially after things like Tony Hawk five, uh, Tony Hawk pro skater HD back in the day. Um, things like that so yeah they they fucking nailed it man it's it's so good and it is gonna become that like steep i think for me that (laughs) that, that we were talking about i think this is gonna be the game that i just kind of like tune out and play also we didn't even mention this soundtrack really good oh yeah even more underrated thing about this game is that because it's on ps4 and i think this is available on xbox one and also if you're playing it on pc obviously available there you could just turn the music off and open the spotify app in the background on your ps4 and play whatever music you want as well which uh is a thing that i'll probably end up doing eventually also so if you want uh you know versions of these songs that aren't edited uh you could also do that so you could hear the actual rage against the machine song instead of the yeah. strangely edited one
1: not, not the kids about version of it yeah <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah I, I i that's all it's all a great point i mean i think I, it's a proof of concept but it's not paint by numbers you know it's definitely it's exceeding what it could have been and it could have it could like it really it it just it's just going a little bit extra than like it even needed to and i think that's what's making me kind of sing its praises so much is that they could have just done the and I, I feel the same way we it's weird how <laughs> i'm linking it to ff7 so frequently but both games i like, could have just given you a good looking version of the old game and like sold well and probably yeah. been liked but like they felt the need to like kind of explain why they were doing it you know? Right. Right. Like, right. I, and I think the, the, the passion behind this game, I think feels very genuine. It feels very present in every aspect of it, even in the weird menus, which are a nightmare. Like they're <laughs> still designed really well in terms of the aesthetic. It has and the it's vibe. Really, yeah, they nail yeah.
0: it. I mean, that's even like, uh, look at looking at the hangar never level, you know, like that, that exists purely as a way to just say, like we, we respect and love the thing that this was. And, and we just want to bring that into the future. Um, yeah. I mean, Vicarious Visions is, is known for doing a bunch of good ports, but I think, you know, of the ones that I've seen them do, this is probably the best one at the moment. Um, The, the most recent yeah. one is the, the Crash Insane Trilogy, which does have that like Kingdom Hearts kind of vibe to it, where like you load into a game uh, and then you're just playing that game and you have to back all the way out to the main menu and like quit that game to load into <laughs> another one. I do like the idea that this is like, what, what are you laughing at?
1: I am just, <laughs> when you said yeah, the Kingdom Hearts scenario, I, just, I, I, I was fighting every bit in my head but I just pictured like Crash looking up with the stained glass windows <laughs> and like the oh, oh! Yeah, choosing <laughs> choosing the sword of the shit that is silly yeah uh, I was anyway, thinking continue.
0: so actually that that does um, weirdly take me to one of the things that I'm curious about <laughs> um for i don't know why this has become like a zeitgeisty thing for the show recently but i'm really interested in like secrets and stuff and cheats in games and how that's not really a thing anymore um yeah and that is very much a thing in this game and one yeah, of my totally. one of my favorite things about this game so far is that people don't know what's in here uh they haven't figured it out yet there's there's a couple secret characters that have been found so far there's uh i, I actually don't know if i want to spoil what they are but I, there are two confirmed at the moment uh which is really interesting and i know how to get both of them and they're uh, one of them is very easy to get one of them is very difficult to get but there might be more who knows you know it remains to be seen Um, And then there are all the levels I know of two secret levels currently, which are also very difficult to get, but do exist and are confirmed to exist. Cool. Uh, But I don't know about the other ones. I'm not sure. Like, I still haven't seen confirmation of Moon existing or not existing. But also, if this is like a pretty faithful remake of Tony Hawk Pro Skater 2, I assume Moon is in here. It's just people haven't figured out how to get to it yet.
1: It almost feels like an encore in the sense of like, you know, the game is designed to like, you can finish it probably in a couple weeks, but like they know you will be like, that can't be it. I'm sticking around. I'm going to figure this game out. And that was kind of the mindset with a lot of old PlayStation games is like, yeah. I'm going to explore every inch of this thing because it's possible. You know, it's not like a Skyrim where it's right. You know, or, or, or an open world game now where it's like
0: impossible to finish. Right. And also this is the only game I'm going to get for six months. So it's the only thing I'm going to play. Yeah,
1: yeah. Right, <laughs> right. So it's like the, the secrets just remind me of like being at a show, but like, that can't be it. They're going to come back on stage. It's going to be something else. And yeah, that's what the secrets feel like to me cosmically.
0: But anyway, the, the reason I bring that up uh, in relation to the crash insane trilogy is uh, <laughs> there are on every level, level there's a secret vicarious visions logo that's just floating around uh, and you can collect them and there's no indication of how many you've collected or anything but i'm wondering what happens when you get all of them uh because you know they do have a, a library of ports that they've done for different platforms and things. I could see a situation in which Crash Bandicoot is a secret character, which would be hilarious. <laughs> oh my god! Uh, wow, he would <laughs>
1: he would fit in. He fits he in better here than in Kingdom Hearts. I'll say that. <laughs> yeah,
0: but also there is the the skateboarding mini game in uh, Kingdom Hearts Pro Kingdom Hearts Pro Skater. <laughs> wow.
1: Well, yeah, there it is. Ah, damn it. You're right. No, he surfs, he skates. Crash
0: is very 90s. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, I don't know, man. I I can't recommend this game highly enough. Uh, Like I said, it's been out for three days and I've almost played all of it already and I will continue to play more of it. Uh, My plan at the moment, so as I've said uh, many times on this show, but I'll say again, uh, until Nintendo makes a Waluigi game, I will make every other game a Waluigi game. So I made (laughs) Waluigi as a creative skater as soon as I figured out where the ability to make a skater was which again took a really like long a time for us to figure yeah. out uh, but anyway it's like
1: longer to do that than to finish the game
0: <laughs> it did as soon as I did that and you know now now I'm going through all of the levels completely clearing them getting all the stat points I only have one stat point left and it's mm. so frustrating it's also worth noting the stat points change locations so not everyone has them in the same spots I weirdly oh, wow. have an extremely difficult role on where my stat points are and there's one that i literally steven have no idea how to get it's the last one i don't know what i don't know what i could possibly do to be able to get to the height that they need me to get to to grind on a specific thing it is yeah. absolutely impossible i'll figure it out eventually but it, it's you will. driving me up a wall yeah anyway so i have that one stat point left and then i want to go and play through the game uh, and get all the challenges for all the other characters uh all the other skaters not all of them maybe but like I, i'd like to start doing that grind and just like seeing what happens when you uh, unlock all the stuff for all of those people because it's really cool yeah i definitely want to max
1: out like that will be kind of my slow burn with the game is like getting everyone's achievements so like yeah s- i think i i have a couple of tony i keep calling him tony as if i am friends with him <laughs> i have a couple of tony Hawk's <laughs> skateboards um but i don't have his other attire yet which is like a flannel and like a nice shirt yeah um i just have the like elbow pads and helmet which i honestly really love because like i think this is the first time in a tony hawk game someone's like actually wearing protective gear yes um which is good so i i love broadcasting that message one bummer about this game though is if you stream it the soundtrack gets cut out
0: um, which i guess
1: makes sense for licensing but yeah it's uh it's so good it's a blast
0: yeah uh tony hawk pro skater one plus two is available on many platforms and eventually coming to switch as well which is wild oh no way that's awesome yeah um that's so cool i don't know when i kind of wish they had announced that before i already got it on ps4 but i mean the fact that it's coming out way after the ps4 release means that i was gonna buy it on ps4 always
1: yeah i, I also just i have a feel like I, we'll see how it runs but it feels like this should be on a higher strength system graphically yeah
0: i get what you're saying I, but also yeah. you know vicarious visions known for doing really great ports totally um yeah. specifically to switch so uh i i could see it being a pretty solid one i mean i'm sure there'll be some like you know downgrading but uh as long as it runs well and is a fully featured tony hawk game available on the nintendo switch i i, I could see it that doing very well
1: yeah, it's much more high fidelity than my uh, Game Boy Advance copy of Tony Hawk 2. Yeah, uh, I love that that's your relationship with that yeah. game. <laughs> it looks kind of like an isometric point and click where you played as Spider-Man. <laughs> it was great. It was a good time. Uh,
0: okay, you want to take a break and then move on? That sounds lovely. Uh, see you later. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> Bye. Christ there, into the break. <laughs>
1: Wait, during our during our session, I kept going like I'm the no comply Ollie of my friend group.
0: <laughs> I kept saying like whatever trick I did. And I'm the I'm the BS 5050 to revert to <laughs> nose manual of my friend group. Some
1: say I'm the 50-50 so so of my friend group. <laughs>
0: <laughs> 900. See you later. Steven, we are back and I think uh, we have to talk about the most recent Nintendo Direct, uh, which was Shadow Dropped early in the morning uh, the other day (laughs) and only featured Mario-related things.
1: Yeah. It was was like the Alpha and Omega of Nintendo, for better and for worse, in terms of, like, it was the total experience of what they give. That includes just saying, we're making a new game and watch, and here's a Mario... (laughs) Here's a way to play Mario with 35 other people, and then, like... Incredible announcements that people have either been waiting for or didn't know they were waiting for. Yes. So like you had both worlds like kinda colliding. I thought I, I thought it ruled. I, I, I left that direct so happy and so excited. And there's some there's some nuance to that and there's some there's a little bit of bittersweet aftertaste to that maybe even bitter arguably but <laughs> what's coming out rules like overall yeah. everything that was announced rules and we're gonna go through it i think
0: yeah the, the so the the main uh like uh, centerfold announcement here was was like widely rumored for a long time and that was the thing that people were expecting but it's all the other stuff that surrounds it that i'm kind of even more interested in uh because i wasn't expecting literally any of it any of it so uh yeah let, let's go through it real quick um the game and watch as you just alluded to is like absolutely hilarious because uh, it, yeah. it's like so literally a monkey's paw curling uh, because everybody's been <laughs> like okay you made the NES classic you made the Super Nintendo classic please <laughs> up next is going to be the Game Boy classic right you're going to make finally a handheld system that has a bunch of uh, the Game yeah, Boy's best games loaded it like, onto it
1: a handheld system <laughs> dare,
0: dare I here you go so now they're releasing a physical Game & Watch um, that kind of looks a little bit Game boy advanced fancy just in terms of the button layout and stuff but uh yeah we'll play super mario brothers the original super mario brothers um on it and i think it also has mario brothers as well as well also i
1: just want to say too all of this is to celebrate the 35th anniversary of mario yes it's sort of that's the event that's happening
0: here yeah which which by the way it's also worth mentioning uh people kind of knew that there were going to be a bunch of 35th anniversary announcements for mario because last year there were a bunch of trademark filings for mario 35 and like that um so people kind of picked up on that next year is also the 35th anniversary of metroid and zelda um oh no- my God. nothing trademark wise on the metroid front but a whole bunch on the zelda front so just i guess prepare uh, for that
1: I, I i if Windmaker comes to switch that's gonna be me growing wings becoming a seraphim of light basically i have many uh, Stephen. we'll get to it
0: i have okay. <laughs> um anyway so uh Game Watch, it's cool. And it's a thing you can buy. I don't remember it, how honestly, much it is. Honestly, it
1: seems like a fun collectors item. Like the fact that it's not just a clock, which like could have <laughs> been <laughs>
0: like that is an intended move like oh you wanted a handheld retro system here's a clock dummy yeah people like turtles um which actually by the way there is a thing you can do this is totally unrelated and weird tangent but whatever uh zach gage who i talk about all the time on this show you know besides being a, a great uh game developer also is a visual artist and has done a bunch of like really interesting oh cool um work with just like uh, installation pieces that have to do with technology. And there's one that he made that I think is really interesting, which anyone can check out whenever they want. Um, which is a clock that is Mario. Uh, so the whole idea is if you have like an extra device, like an old phone that you don't use, like an old iPod touch, uh, plug it into the wall, you go to this one website uh, and you say, I want to make a new clock. And what it does is uh, every single day, it'll go one frame frame by frame through the world's fastest speed run of super Mario brothers. Um, Oh, cool. And, and it has, you know, the time and date and stuff on it, but uh, I don't know, just like a very clever thing. The the whole idea being like eventually, like it'll outlive you uh, because if you go frame by frame, even the world's fastest run of super Mario brothers will take longer than your lifetime. If you go, you know, one day per frame. Anyway, moving on past the game and watch not clock. uh, um,
1: <laughs> that's a good skateboard trick
0: <laughs> I'm, the, I'm the game and watch
1: not clock of my friend group. <laughs>
0: um here's a thing that i am floored by i can't believe this is real uh it's called mario kart live home circuit and yeah yeah it, yeah yeah it is a remote controlled mario kart it is mario in his cart and you get a bunch of like gates uh, that you can place around your house uh and you control the 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 RC car with your switch and there's a camera on it uh doing some kind of like augmented reality stuff with the gates to make in your house an actual Mario Kart circuit and it is streaming the uh the camera's feed to you overlaying a bunch of like other people that you're racing against and items and things like that it even uh it even uses ar to like overlay a 3d mario like doing stuff over the actual rc car itself um so it just looks like you're playing mario kart in your house like very literally and it is fucking cool it's just really cool it's expensive as shit don't get me wrong it's really expensive um it's a hundred dollars for that and then if you want another car like if you wanted to do multiplayer with other people it's another hundred dollars um so it's expensive uh yeah you know all that said i'm i'm not gonna get it i wish i i wish i could um you know it, it's not the kind of thing that's made for new york apartments uh but it sure is <laughs> a cool thing and uh if you're a person with a house and a kid uh it's pretty sick and if you're a person with a house and without a kid it's still pretty sick
1: yeah i mean i just like that was something where i was like man this is like 11 year old steven's dream yeah. like I, I can just see i mean i had like eight cats growing up so it's just like chaos happening around <laughs> these good cards it was great uh it would have been awesome but yeah this this looks like a dream i think i think there's a lot of fun to be had with this i also will not be getting it but similar thing to uh what was it skylanders or what was the like Star Fox ish game that actually eventually had Star Fox in it and they had like oh man
0: i forgot the name of it but i know i know what you're talking about yeah
1: yeah they had the spaceships you could buy i nintendo i'm not very business savvy but nintendo's very good at like linking merchandise with games
0: in a way that's like creative yeah
1: i mean amiibos are a good example of that uh which i do have some amiibos so i'll be the first to yeah
0: pretty much all of those kinds of games have failed too and nintendo managed to make it work you know like disney Infinity, and and i think skylanders is another series like that yeah really impressive and then also the augmented reality side of this i'm really impressed by because like nintendo nintendo is like on the forefront of doing like cool stuff with ar they're on the forefront of doing cool stuff with vr with like labo and things like that um they're just like they're like quietly killing it you know uh which which i think is really interesting because like you know, a- Apple is working night and day to put an augmented reality device in everybody's pockets, like secretly over the years. And, you know, nobody r- realizes it yet, but eventually I think it's going to be this big, like, haha, check this out. The iPhone is very capable of doing all this stuff, and you didn't realize it. They kind of announce little bits of it every year, but in Amalgam, eventually it'll be like a big thing. Nintendo is just like, check out this fucking car. It's got a camera on it. They're playing Mario Kart in your house. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Again, it's embodying the, the total spirit in Nintendo. This is them and the chaotic good form game of watch lawful evil. Now we're in chaotic good with the go Yes, moving on. Uh,
0: next announcement was a thing that I don't think you're very excited about, uh, based on, uh, our, our messages and stuff and also your intro to this, but they're they're making um, a thing that is very much in the vein of uh, Tetris 99 and it's called Super Mario Bros. 35 uh, and it, oh. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's o- only available for people who have Nintendo online uh, but essentially the way it works is you are playing Super Mario Bros. your original Super Mario Brothers, against, I guess, 34 other people or maybe it is 35 other people which would then make it Super Mario Bros. 36 so I imagine you're playing against 34 other people and the idea is you have to make it, I think, to the you have to get like the highest score possible or like do it as fast as possible. <laughs> and and like in Tetris 99, uh, the way Tetris 99 works is you're playing against 99 other people and you can use the right analog stick to like target certain people that you're playing against. And when you're, you know, clearing lines in Tetris uh, it'll add, you know, kind of like detrimental effects uh, to the person that you're targeting in the same way in super Mario brothers 35, you can target the other people that you're playing against and every enemy that you defeat will show up on that person's game. so then they have to then avoid more enemies as you continue to target them and stuff like that Um, so it's like competitive Super Mario Brothers which feels like a speedrunner's dream in a way like if you're a person who speedruns Super Mario Brothers like this is you know just the most exciting like coolest thing I'm very into it just because like anytime Nintendo takes Mario and does something weird with it I'm like very much into it because it feels like a weird like sacred thing and that they're like kind of dipping into like some chaotic dark magic but uh I don't know I'm I'm excited about it I I think it'll be cool
1: yeah I mean I I think I, I had this same like brain glazing over moment with Tetris 99 which ended up being pretty popular or at least like people played it and enjoyed it for what it was. Yes. Um, It's huge. It's still huge. People play it all the time and they're constantly updating it too. Mario 35 just seemed like a dream I had once and I was like I don't know if I want to relive this anxiety (laughs) but in in hearing you describe it makes me like a little bit more on board and I also had this idea of like they're kind of making a 2D Fall Guys in a sense with like you know just adding chaos to the platformer. That's such a good Um, take.
0: Yeah Yes, absolutely. Yeah.
1: So we'll see how it goes. I mean, if it's is it free if you have Nintendo Online?
0: It's free if you have Nintendo Online. Yes.
1: Yeah. Might as well check it out. It's
0: coming out October first, um, and and we'll talk about this at the end of this whole segment. uh, Will be playable until March thirty first, twenty twenty
1: one. Okay. Oh, so that's another. Okay. Yeah.
0: Gotcha. Chaotic evil overall for this one. <laughs> very, very is that weird. their brand here? Yeah. yeah, I'm excited to play it, but also very confused by that. So we'll 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 figure out what's going on. Yeah, today. yeah. So that's that. Uh, after that was uh, one of two announcements that I was not expecting that I was fucking thrilled by. And uh, mm-hmm. the first one. Um, Is that Super Mario 3D World, which is the Wii U game, uh, is being ported to Switch. They're adding a new thing, I think called Bowser's Fury, um, which by all indications just seems to be like, what if Super Mario 3D World, but like really difficult. Um, Yeah. So they're going to add that on. That's coming out in uh, 2021. It seems like it's going to be an early next year, like a Q1 next year situation. Super Mario 3D World, honestly, like maybe is my favorite Mario game.
1: Yeah. I mean, it was one of our games of the decade, which like not a hot take to put Mario in a, you know, best of list but like <laughs> this I think because it was on the Wii U and because it's named Super Mario 3D World I think a lot of people including myself originally thought it was like a new Mario Brothers deal Yeah, like not that it was the mainline entry for the Wii U and it, it is really good it, it really is like a best of in, in the best it's it's kind of like the Tony Hawk 1 plus 2 of Mario Yes, where like they're incorporating all the past generations and, and talk about a good like local co-op game with a family or with friends or whoever like it is unreal. so fun to play with people yeah Yeah, it is so much fun
0: yeah i mean so many of the mario games that are co-op uh, are, are focused on, like, the chaos of it, you know? Yeah. Um, a lot of it is, like, you can pick up your friend and throw them into a fucking bottomless pit and, you know, laugh together on a couch. Um, <laughs> Super Mario 3D World actually just kind of, like, revels in the fact that you're playing it together, not against each other, um, yeah. which I, I think is a dream. I mean, there is still, like, all that goofy stuff uh, that you can do, but it is just so fun to play with people. I love this game so much, and, and when it comes out, we will talk about it way more. Uh, but if you yeah. want to hear us talk about it, you can go back to the games of the decade, but I, I really do think this might actually be my... My favorite Mario game, and I'm so excited to revisit it. It was like the one game from Wii U that I was waiting for them to port, and I'm so glad it's happening.
1: Yeah, I, I, I'm i just really. I also took this as evidence that they're conv, they're committed to just bringing all the Wii U over. Yes, and that could include my Muse Wind Waker one day. Wind uh, Waker which, HD. Yes, was originally HD. on GameCube, but the HD was on the Wii U. Okay. Yes, with all that bloom lighting. <sighs> All that <laughs> uh, and photo mode which you will
0: love yes uh, 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 anyway yeah Wind on. Waker HD Twilight Princess HD Um oh, man. yeah the the Pikmin 3 port was the one that made me think 3D World mm. might happen eventually um, yeah and, as soon as they announced that I was like okay we're we're really just doing all of it huh uh, yeah which is great because so, so few people played that stuff yeah and they're exactly. great games and Wii U's as we found
1: out are weirdly expensive right now like yeah. <laughs> you can't like that's what happens when things don't sell well they become collector's items because they don't make a lot of them yeah so the Wii U is like gonna be you know the the neo Geo in ten years yeah uh, it's hard to come by, yeah, yeah But um, yeah, I I think I I just love the idea that they're just kind of, you know, Nintendo's pretty infamous at like not being great at like game preservation. And the fact that they're doing it at least for the previous generation with the big hits is really nice to see. Yeah, totally.
0: Yeah. So so that game's coming early next year, which is exciting. Uh, There was another announcement, which was an out now announcement, which was like my dream. Um, Yeah, they they announced for the uh, Super Nintendo online. So if you have a Nintendo online account, you can download these two apps, which are the nes online and super nintendo online apps which just have a bunch of old nintendo games that you can play um i was gonna say for free but you're paying for nintendo online so you know whatever but anyway they just added to the super nintendo online super mario all-stars which uh is probably my my like favorite old school nintendo game Um, yeah it is just the original super mario brothers mario 2 mario 2 the lost levels which at that point when that game came out was not had never been released in the united states
1: Right, right. Um,
0: along with Super Mario Brothers 3. Uh, and in some versions, they also had Super Mario World. Not in this version. But that was just like an incredible collection of things. And they essentially, it's like the first ever Nintendo, like, up res HD port in a weird way, you know? Yeah, uh, it's like
1: Super Nintendo presentation of NES, which is one of the biggest jumps, weirdly. Yes. You know, like, the, the backgrounds and stuff are way nicer. And worth noting, too, Super Mario World is in the SNES library online. So you so can like, play it, yeah. You can play it. It's not in this package. But yeah, it's... I. Have this game growing up i lost my copy uh this is another game like that that having this game alone makes nintendo online worth it because for real i i was just about to say that totally agree this is a it's a hard collection to find in one game and and having all those games in one place in their like most refined version is incredible uh uh, all, all those games are great uh and and yeah the snes library overall is unreal it's like the nes one is good but like the snes is, is is really what makes nintendo online worth it which is i think twenty dollars a year so like you know yeah it might even be less than
0: that honestly i'm not i'm not really sure it's
1: it's it's a good deal
0: uh yeah i i've talked about this on the show before but my like first big foray into playing nintendo stuff when i like went back and i was like okay i've never had a nintendo console let me like get a bunch of emulators and like really kind of like learn about the history of all the stuff that i missed um that my burst my first big like foray into all of this was uh, an entire summer that I played trying to beat Lost Levels in the Super Mario All-Stars collection so the second that this came out and was released on the Switch I downloaded I've been playing through Lost Levels I'm on World 3 right now uh, nice. w- which has taken me way too long <laughs> it is <laughs> incredible it's an incredible game it's so difficult it, it feels like it's kind of, it's unbelievable that Lost Levels exists honestly and that Super Mario Brothers 2 was like what if we just took the first thing and made it even harder because it because Super Mario Brothers 1 is like the most like streamlined kind of blueprint for everything Nintendo did going forward you know like how to yeah. introduce you know just like beautiful level design introducing different mechanics in ways that like the player doesn't even realize they're learning you know until they have to put them all together by the end and learning all these new mechanics constantly it's like it's beautiful it's like game design school essentially you know Super Mario Brothers 2 The Lost Levels throws all of that out the window and is like let's just make this the most fucking imparsible like nightmare <laughs> we can possibly put on a Super Nintendo cartridge um, yeah. and and it rules and then also because the graphics have all been improved it's like gorgeous to look at uh, the entirety of world 2 takes place at night with these beautiful colorful stars just glistening in the background i mean it's it, It is a beautiful game still. Uh, I I am loving playing it. I'm so glad to have it on the Switch. And I, I imagine... I'll just probably beat lost levels again, and maybe play the other stuff. I don't know. It's it's so good.
1: Yeah, I played a lot of Mario three in that collection. That was you know, I mean, they're all good. They're all. Great. I forget is but Mario
0: three also updated graphically a little bit? Yeah, That's yeah, awesome. it's
1: um because Mario three was sort of the precursor to Super Mario World, where they both have like a hub world and stuff. Yeah, but three introduced the Tanuki suit and like stuff like that. Yeah. Um, it was kind of like, yeah, it's very similar to Mario Worlds. Um I also like too, the weird ass game where you're like picking up root vegetables and stuff. It was great. Yeah, it's Bruno. awesome. It's good. What else do you want? Yeah. yeah.
0: It's a good game. Uh cool. What was the next announcement? The next one is the last one. It's a big one. Uh yeah. Uh, so they announced Super Mario All-Stars for the Super Nintendo thing, and then they announced the thing that's been rumored forever and why everybody thought there was a direct coming soon. Uh they announced Super Mario 3D All-Stars, which includes Uh, Super Mario 64, Super Mario Sunshine and Super Mario Galaxy, Uh, all for 60 bucks, all uh, technically HD. I mean, they they haven't like remastered anything, really. There are some slight texture changes in some of this stuff from what I've been seeing. But but it's a much more faithful port than I thought it was gonna be. I thought it was gonna be like an actual HD remake kind of situation. Um I'm i f- I'm very much okay with it being what it is. I
1: mean I think Mario 64 is still such a beloved game and still is like present in the zeitgeist in a lot of ways that like there is appeal in that like really retro polygonal style. Like, yeah that like I am a first like the only games that look like that are FF seven and Super Mario 64. <laughs> like they're the only games that were just like we're just gonna do the polygons and like not give a shit. Yeah. But I think that I I think that if you made if you made that game look different, it wouldn't have the same charm. I think, especially alongside you know the the more modern ones. I uh, I have not played Sunshine, so I'm really excited to finally play Sunshine. That seems like it's the like Majora's Mask of Mario, where like it didn't really like it kind of got obscured by the other ones but like is the kind of cult favorite yeah and galaxy was great i know a lot of people are upset about no galaxy 2 Uh, brendan and i uh because our show is is dark magic and we can summon things into existence we both think that that will come out later and by saying that it will so there you go it's coming out (laughs) um but i mean it is a bummer it is it is the one mainline game that wasn't announced and is a lot of people's favorite i have not played galaxy 2 so hopefully they get to that at some point it seems like an brainer but it's also nintendo so no one really knows what's on the radar but i i'm so excited for this for this collection
0: yeah i i'm i'm very interested in why okay so the big the big caveat with this the, yeah, yeah yeah is that it's also only available until march 2021 um so it comes out this month which is wild uh, it's coming out on the 18th which is three days after Splunky 2 uh and <laughs> bye bye brendan and is only available until march uh at the same time that Super Mario Brothers 35 is available until which I just want to specify that you you can you have to buy it in that time. You can yes. play
1: it after, but you have to get it in that in that a lot of time. Right,
0: if you have a physical version or if you buy it digitally, you can still play it after after that date. Um but that that is while it is available for some reason. So there are a couple takes there that I think are interesting. Number 1 is, you know, it's possible that when that is done, when that promotion, quote unquote, is done, they could do a thing where, you know, those games are released individually on the Switch eShop and like maybe they're priced a little bit higher. So instead of $20 for each of them, it might be like 25 or 30 for each of them, which would also be a good time to include Super Mario Galaxy 2, you know, which... Yeah. They could then charge whatever price they're charging for the other ones for Mario Galaxy, get you to pay another $30, you know, for that. So that that's one possibility. There's another possibility where the thing just disappears forever. This has happened with the Metroid Prime Trilogy they released that for a Wii and then it was only available for a limited amount of time. And then they got rid of it forever and you can never get it again. You know, I, I got that game for a hundred dollars, you know, on, on the used market at one point, just because I I missed when it was available. Uh, same thing with the original Xenoblade Chronicles for the Wii. That was also like a, a notoriously hard game to get. Nintendo has a tendency to do things like this. You know, like at the end of the day, we could sit here and, and guess forever. Uh, and And, just have a bunch of conjecture about what we think is going to happen. But at the end of the day, yeah. nobody knows ever what Nintendo is doing. Nintendo is known yeah. for just making decisions that don't make any fucking sense just because like that's what Nintendo does. So it's weird. I think it's more probable that it will never happen. like i I think that yeah. you can only get this game until March and then you can never get it again. That is my guess,
1: yeah. I mean, at least at the very least, the window time is pretty long, you know, like from September yes. to March is like exactly you know, you will you had time to get it, but yeah, it, it just it seems unnecessary. Uh, cause I, and it undercuts like the most joy I felt this year, basically, is like yeah. seeing this happen. Um, it's weird,
0: cause yeah, I mean. What you're celebrating the 35th anniversary thing, which by the way, we haven't even talked about this. That's a very weird year to be celebrating at all, I think. A little bit, yeah. It's 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 a little strange. 35 is just a strange year. I don't ever see anybody celebrating the 35th year of anything. Uh, I wonder what the significance is. Yeah. Is Mario 35 canonically? Maybe. <laughs> maybe maybe it's his birthday. Yeah. <laughs> Happy 35th birthday, Mario Mario. Happy 35th. <laughs> Uh-huh.
1: Um, I don't know it was a libra. He
0: <laughs> might yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I, I it doesn't feel like a celebration if you're going to Get rid of the thing, you know, like also yeah. why put all the work into it if you're going to get rid of the thing. It's not a lot of people have been uh, comparing this to the Disney vault. You know, D- Disney used to have right. this tendency of taking movies and they would release them on DVD for a little bit. And then they would take them off the market so they could put them back in the Disney vault and then pull them back out. You know, when another new, even more up uh physical media came out like Blu-ray eventually. Um, but even Disney has done away with that now that they have Disney Plus. I, I don't know why you would do this. With Nintendo games. It doesn't make any sense. And and the one thing that everybody is always harping on with Nintendo is like you have all this amazing IP and people are begging you to give you money. Like they just they all they want to do is give you <laughs> money for the things you've already done. You know? Yeah. This yeah, is, yeah. and this is why I wanted to bring up Wind Waker and, and Twilight Princess and things like that. Is like those ports have happened already. In China, right now, uh, Nintendo has already ported those games, not to the Switch, oh, but no to way. but to the Nvidia Shield, who they they struck a deal with to release Nintendo games on. The nvidia shield and they've they've done those ports uh galaxy i think was also one of those ports that they did that that work has already been done and they're just like waiting in the wings to be released at any moment it's worth noting that nvidia also produces the switch so there's you know a lot of crossover there i imagine it wouldn't be too hard if you've already ported the thing to shield to port it to switch they're almost identical uh, internally um it's it's weird to me that that they've done all this work and they're just sitting on it you know like i don't know why it wouldn't be included in some kind of announcement i don't know why you would take it off the market at a certain point when you've put the development cost into making it happen um and that's what makes me think if next year is the 35th anniversary of zelda we could also see a similar thing because they've already done wind waker and twilight princess for the shield uh there are a lot of rumors recently about skyward sword getting ported to switch as well it sure does sound like another you know three thing trilogy of games getting released in one package being wind waker hd twilight princess hd and skyward sword all getting released as like you know the legend of zelda 3d all-stars or whatever
1: yeah yeah they're kind of the backup band, but yeah.
0: yeah. <laughs> the, the, Ocarina's
1: like, I, I, okay, point taken. I guess I'm not an all-star. I'll, I'll take a <laughs> walk. I'll take a hike.
0: I guess I'm just <clears throat> the opener. I'm the amuse I guess, Bush. You, I
1: guess people prefer Skyward swords, Ocarina of Time. I'm, I'm the amuse Bush and I, Hyrule. I get it, okay? Grow <laughs> up, they told me. I get the master sword. You grow up too soon, they tell me. I say, take a hike. The moon's going to fall in three days. yeah, aye. I'm sick of this.
0: <laughs> Uh, I don't, I, I'm just, I'm so confused by it. And I, and the more I think about it, the more I think that thinking about it isn't worth it because I think that like at the end of the day, it's just going to be like Nintendo is making another decision that is like very frustrating to a lot of people.
1: Yeah. I mean, you and I, I think both already pre-ordered it, and I'm excited to get it. I, I don't want to be like I'm going to get it because I know it's like it might not be good timing for some people to pick it up, and it's it sucks that that's like they've created that situation for people. Yes, you know, and 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 again, it doesn't seem to be in their benefit either. Just, I, I could see a limited physical release, yes, you know, like having totally. it be like a collector's item and keep it on the store, but like it's the same thing with uh, the FF Seven <laughs> Tifa theme that was. Uh, they eventually just gave that to everyone, I think, because like it quick after the promo everyone had to stay aside so they're like All right,
0: everyone gets tifa
1: yeah but uh, they were like
0: there's only a limited amount of digital code digital it's like, it's like okay you're,
1: you're just make you're making it it's like uh when you go to the like i remember going to the airport and like they were like you can pay ahead to skip the line and they made a line they like put you know dividers to like move you in the opposite direction to create hardship where there was none and then we're charging you to avoid it yes it's it's a nintendo stand but they're not even gaining money from it (laughs) um anyway all all that aside that that's the big caveat and i totally understand why that is enough to like make a lot of people kind of sour about this but uh, the game itself and 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 whatever that is the 3d all collection i am very excited for yeah Uh, it it doesn't change how i feel about the game it's also worth noting on on a happier note that (laughs) brendan and i had a bonus planned for this month we were like set on it and then the, the mario 35th anniversary libra season happened <laughs> and we're like well i guess that's it like we have we can't not so yeah. this month's bonus episode is going to be uh, about those three games so it's going to be about mario 64 sunshine and Galaxy. I mean, we're going to have guests on that, that I'm really excited to, to share that experience with who all have their own kind of personal experience with those games. So we're really, really, really excited for that. I'm almost more excited for that than the game itself, but uh, it's going to be a great time. So I hope that regardless of whether, you know, you can get it directly or not, I hope that like that experience can be shared with you all and you all have a good time with it. Yeah. Um, I'm just really excited to do it and I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, and I'll leave it at that.
0: I, I've said this a lot, but I my history with the Mario franchise is like I am extremely bored by it, and I'm never excited about them until they come out, and then I buy them on day one, and I think they're like the best game that I played that year. It happens literally yeah. every time, and it's <laughs> it's it's weird in this case because it's all games that I have done that with in the past, so I mm-hmm. already know that they're great, and now I'm actually excited about a Mario for the first time in a long time. Yeah,
1: I mean I'm excited to finally check out Sunshine. Like I said, uh, it's been a while since I played 64, and like that was a monumental experience for me Yeah, like it was for many people uh and galaxy is great and i and i have not played galaxy in a while i, I have yet to set up my wii in a way that feels organic it's kind of just <laughs> in the shelf uh yeah. so i think playing that with the joy cons too will be interesting so i'm i'm really really excited yeah i've
0: seen some stuff about galaxy not being playable if you're not using joy cons which makes me wonder what people with switch lights are going to do or if they're going to do something to make it playable for people with switch lights because um, there are some uh Are they are they shines or are they stars in that game? I don't remember. But anyway, there are some that you have to collect using motion controls uh, in that game. And I'm wondering, like, okay, if you have a switch light and you can't detach the Joy Cons, then can you just not get that stuff and never finish the game? Which like that seems upsetting. Uh, But that also seems like something Nintendo would do. Yeah. You know, I I have a fond memory of Galaxy, though. Uh, I
1: remember my friend Ben was over for Christmas and we were playing it. I was, I think, 16. 17 when that game came out high school and i uh was <laughs> high, playing, school. <laughs> high school uh <laughs> i was playing with my friend ben and his mom called us to like make sure he was okay he's in a different state and we kept just telling his mom like you don't get it he's in space about mario like it just so stupid we just we did that all day high school for me was just finding an inside joke and sticking with it until everyone got sick and that was the sort of my vibe which is not too different from how i am now but anyway Into i love the galaxy
0: <laughs> um, I, uh, yeah, I, I played, I played 64 back in the day, um, you know, mostly at people's houses. Uh, but then eventually they ported it to the Nintendo DS where you could play as Luigi and, and Wario, I think. And I, for, I think it was Peach was the other character, which was great. And that's where I like really ate that up. And then Sunshine, I also, like you have, I've played some of it. I've never finished it. So I'm actually really excited to play most of it because that's the one in this collection that people are most like, eh you know sunshine whatever and then there's like a small contingent of people that are like sunshine is secretly the best one uh, yeah. so I'm, I'm interested to see where i net out there and galaxy i think my my hot take is that i, I wasn't a huge fan of galaxy um uh everybody <gasps> but, but says Brennan, galaxy too is like Brennan, you don't get it he's in space that's a great point actually i didn't i yeah. didn't think about that but you're right yeah it's easy to miss <laughs> 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 the whole yeah, he's like, "Who?
1: Mario's in, space! in this space." Uh, yeah, and then uh, Rosalina's like,
0: "I don't know if you've picked it up, but I'm the queen of space." <laughs> <laughs> And Galaxy Two, everybody says, is is maybe the best Mario game, which I also am not super sure that I agree with. But um I'm really excited to to revisit them and see where I net out. Um not that we yeah. have to rank the Mario games, but uh I, I'm interested to like bump up against those preconceived notions that I think I've been seeing a lot of online and, and see where I net out there. But anyway, we, we've talked enough about three D Mario All Stars. We're very excited to play It's gonna be the bonus episode. Uh buckle your fucking seatbelt, dear listener. It's gonna be a lot of fun. We're going I'm, I'm to really, space
1: we're going to space. Uh, was that it? Is that how it ended yeah the all-stars i'm the i'm the 3d all-stars of my friend group <laughs> you're
0: only available until march yeah then i'm like Aries season peace Catch it's my you birthday later. uh i'm so interested to see what happens in march i think everybody's just like sitting on the edge of their seats waiting to see what nintendo does
1: yeah like it, it could either be a setup for something really cool or it could just like, be like, a huge fucking bummer yeah <laughs> march is inherently an ambiguous season the end of winter beginning of spring what could happen
0: yeah uh anyway. i do wonder if they're just gonna delist that stuff and then be like big zelda announcements you know like Zelda thirty fifth anniversary. Mario, get the fuck out of here. Yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> like Mario, who's Mario? They just erase everything about Mario. <laughs> <laughs>
0: they, Who? They take every Mario game off the eShop?
1: Well, like three D no Star. Get the hell out of here. Come
0: to your house and throw your uh, Odyssey cartridge in the trash. Oh no. Confiscate it. Um I, I just wanna um throw out one weird prediction before we move on, real quick. Yeah, please. Next year, Zelda three D anniversary or zelda 35th anniversary sorry uh lots of rumors about an updated uh version of the switch potentially the switch pro that that everybody's been talking about for a long time so we have the switch we have the switch Lite, and everybody thinks there's a switch pro coming breath of the wild 2 in development oh breath of the wild one came out with the switch in march of 2017 march is also when they're delisting all the mario stuff i'm thinking and here's my prediction switch pro launches with breath of the wild 2 which is not exclusive to the switch pro but has some kind of updated feature set with the switch pro also comes with not not like breath of the wild comes with but also announced and releasing around the same time is all of the zelda anniversary stuff i i think that that's going to be the like big thing and i, I think we're going to see that i don't know when but like maybe towards the end of the year they'll announce that stuff or maybe they'll wait until like january to, to wait until after the holiday season so everybody buys switches this year and then in march buy the switch pro but uh yeah that's what i'm thinking
1: that would be cool man I'd be into that. I mean, I think with uh, with like the arcade stuff, uh, I wonder if that before then they would announce like either a Game Boy arcade or not. Because a lot of like the a lot of the Zelda games that aren't available are like either on 64 or on Game Boy. So like, yeah. uh, you know, we already have Link to the Past in the in the SNES library. But, yeah, I mean, I would be all about that. And Wind Waker on Switch, it's all I want. I'll 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 do any kind of uh, sacrilegious Dark Brotherhood summoning I need to. <laughs> Uh, to get that to happen yeah so yeah that's what i'm thinking march they're like breath of the wild too uh the wand of Gamelon and spirit tracks in one package (laughs) only for a week (laughs) goodbye
0: (laughs) (laughs) so long steven you've been playing a video game (laughs) for the game boy advance You
1: robbed me my own intro. I've been getting a lot of uh, feedback from listeners that are like, hey, we love the show, but there's not enough discussion about Fire Emblem. Yeah. Uh, So I I fixed that. No, but for real, I I think I even said this last episode. I I picked up Fire Emblem for the Game Boy Advance. It's the uh, game that was first released in the US. Uh, I think it's the seventh game in the overall series. It was only in Japan
0: for a long time. I love that. I love that that was just... That's just how they named things when for they, a while. Yeah. yeah oh, uh, by the it, way, I meant to mention this way earlier, and I can't believe I forgot. Tony Hawk Pro Skater One Plus Two. Uh, get rid of the plus. It's Tony Hawk Pro Skater Twelve. It actually is the twelfth Tony Hawk game. Oh
1: no way! Isn't That's that weird? awesome. I like that. Yeah. It Works both ways. Anyway, sorry. Fire One plus two is weirdly catchier than twelve. I agree. Yeah. Anyway, so Fire Emblem, it was originally called Blazing Blade. Uh, Fire Emblem has never bothered to have numbers. They knew this is going to be around for a while. <laughs> they just have subtitles. But uh, Blazing Blade uh, was the full name, but it's just released here as Fire Emblem. For the, th- for the Game Boy Advance, I have an SP that I bought like a year or so ago that I used to play like Game Boy Advance and older because yeah. I just, you know, I need a backlight at this point. I can go retro. But I'm not going to strain my eyes or get like the magnifying glass, like <laughs> d- Inspector Gadget add-on. Yeah. So, yeah. So I've been playing that. I really wanted to go back because, you know, as as I mentioned earlier, kind of facetiously, like we talked about Fire Emblem Three Houses quite a bit. Even before that, I I brought up how much I loved Awakening. And I think I one of our first episodes, Pokemon Khaki, I talked about my first time playing Fire Emblem Fates. Uh, yeah. I, you're you're once again uh in awe of my trekky knowledge of our own show. Yeah, that was incredible. Yeah, I don't know what I have very good memory with specific things, but not with other short-term memory. I, I'm in circles. I have eight things
0: to say, but I can tell you exactly when we talked about what. Um, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, minute twenty-five and thirteen seconds of Hotline Indianapolis. <laughs> you brought up that you were thinking about picking up Fire Emblem Birthright. <laughs> You had a twitch in your eye and a smile
1: that didn't match your eyes. Um, (laughs) I I, I also remember that episode in particular because that that was like kind of when I started to feel like more confident in recording the show personally. Mm. Not in like what we were making, but just like I felt like I could be myself a little bit more and i think it's it goes hand in hand with us talking about pokemon and fire emblem yeah <laughs> it's like finally i can let loose anyway <laughs> i i've wanted to check out the older games in the series cuz i've only played awakening fates and three houses so i got the first one i could pick up yeah. without like doing illegal things
0: i did have this cartridge back in yeah, the day i you mentioned I, that. I played this like forever ago um and Really didn't like it. Uh, I, it just did not work for me. I mean, this was like real young. This was like, you know, right when Game Boy Advance came out. And I think I was, I think all I was really playing were like the Mario ports and also F Zero. I think that was like the only stuff, I, and Pokemon, obviously, were the only things I was really playing on Game Boy Advance. Yeah, at that this point.
1: was a few leaps in a different direction. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, so it's worth it's worth noting quickly. Like, intelligence systems, the developer who makes this series, like, they were really hesitant to like ever bring this to America, and like, still like are kind of confused why it's done well here so they just like <laughs> assumed that it would never work, right? um But because Advanced Wars, the same developers made Advanced, Wars, which is a way more kind of accessible tactics game for the Game Boy Advance that I that I played and loved, and that was kind of like what kind of of gave me a, a seed of interest in Fire Emblem because I knew it was the same team but Advance Wars did really well and also Martha and Roy were in Smash Brothers and they were really popular so like yeah. there was there was clearly a desire for it so they tried it out all right here I get the, here's the seventh game have fun <laughs> here's the seventh <laughs> game it's and blade we're not going to tell you that And it's really, it's really fun. I'm really enjoying it. I'll say, you know, you could probably guess this, like the writing, even from Awakening to Three Houses, the the level of writing was like night and day. Like Awakening had a really fun cast and a lot of that appeal was like in the support scenes, you know, it still had that mechanic where like if you paired characters up, they would like have little vignettes together like that. That's always been very fun. And Fates, even though it, it, Fates is, like, really trying to do a lot of things, and some of it's working, some of it isn't, but Fates had, I think, a more interesting protagonist, and I want to get into that a little bit, because all of these games handle you as a player very differently. Yeah. And and so, you know, I, I kind of knew that going into this game that this story was going to be more minimal, and it is, but it's, it's in kind of a charming way that you would almost find in Dragon Quest, where, like, it's just... Going through the beats, it's just doing it, you yeah, know. Very and much. like I, I think that it doesn't really, it doesn't really have any strong intention of being anything like you know super compelling narrative wise. I think it's more interested in being a tactics game. That's completely fine. The way that uh, Blazing Blade works or Fire Emblem works is uh, there are three characters. I because I have a used copy that I bought for way too much money. Uh, I had all of them unlocked, but you start as Lynn, who is sort of like, I think heir to the throne somewhere, but she has very modest upbringing, so she's like destined for greatness but has the kind of like hero story i like her a lot and i think uh fire emblem (laughs) up until three houses like only bothered writing for like one character like whoever the main character is yeah they have a writer and everyone else is like hello my name is innocence i'm innocent i'm innocent (laughs) like it's like you know allegorical storytelling yeah lynn has
0: a a very like princess mononoke kind of background not not actual princess mononoke but uh i forget the name of the other character who is ashitaka ashitaka yeah very ashitaka vibe where like she's the last of her uh, her like settlement and the rest of them have been wiped out and she's the only one around, but she's like secretly the heir to another thing. And there's a bunch of people hunting her down, you yeah. know, and stuff like that. Yeah.
1: It's fun. I mean, I, I, I care about her and, and pretty much everyone else just sort of following her lead. So like, yeah, absolutely. but there's even some fun stuff where like, even though the characters are like more kind of one note, like they have fun with the archetypes. So my, my two favorite are Sarah and Eric. Yeah, uh, great names. And Eric is like the the mage who's like always kind of sighing and rolling his eyes. And Sarah is the healer, but she's like if Hilda was evil, like she's just constantly scheming and trying to win people over so she can <laughs> get something from them. Which I think is such because the healer is usually like you know like a holy priest or priestess, someone that doesn't really have a personality. Yeah. Um, the fact that they made the healer an opportunist is so fun to me, and like I really just like. Her even healing anyone on the map is just another like layer of nuance to me, like even in that mechanical moment. What really is pulling me into this game, I will say they also they do a pretty long tutorial, which like you can maybe bump up against, but I think like uh Awakening and Fates do not (laughs) they don't tell you anything. So I appreciate that this being the first firearm game in the US, like they guide you through and they really teach you. Honestly,
0: three houses could use a little bit more of a tutorial than they give you. I was uh, I should mention I I did play the first like hour or two of this just cause I knew you were playing it and I wanted to have a little bit more context cause I really bounced off of it when I was a kid and didn't remember yeah. literally any of it at all. So I, I, I wanted to check it out. Um, and I actually really appreciated having a little bit more of a tutorial this time around. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's good. I, I, I liked it a lot. I think it's a really good entry to the series if you're interested at all.
1: Yeah. It's, 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 it's more. And I, I will say this as much as three houses is like in another solar system for me, I think yeah. that if you are a tactics fan, three houses the maps are can be a little underwhelming like i think that there are there are some really interesting maps in three houses and i think that the tactics like is doing its job and it gets really interesting in the end but a lot of the maps like i think uh Someone there was a tweet that was like a chess board that was just giant, like it was like all the pieces were really far away. Mm-hmm. And they're like, you know, fire Emblem fans being like, this gameplay rules. And like <laughs> you do kind of feel as much as I like, you know, sacrilege. I'm not trying to, to nitpick three houses, but like compared to even Fates or Awakening, you get a sense that some of the maps feel like you're just kind of brute forcing your way through it rather than like really thinking like, okay, what unit is, is good against what? Who do I put where? And like
0: Yeah, I feel like a lot of the tactics in Three Houses kind come from how you trained your students and not from what you're doing on the battlefield. Totally. And
1: and it, and I think that pulled me in more emotionally, but I think it's,
0: it's I think that's cool also why I liked it more was yeah. I, was I, I had a, a more interesting time, you know, teaching, uh, you know, anyone to be an archer who was flying on a dragon that I did like actually doing the battling. Not that I didn't like the battling, but it was nice to just see it pay off and be like, oh, I don't even have to think about tactics because I I put so much uh, time and, and effort into making Claude a fucking unstoppable sniper uh that that i'm just like making my way through all of these things That's a great it. point.
1: It, it's the payoff yeah. of your work in the monastery. Yes. Um and they really wanted it to feel like that and it very much does. Whereas this game, there is no other world. It's right. all on the battlefield to the point where you can actually visit houses and and villagers will be like, "You know, swords are good against axes, but <laughs> spears are yeah you know, they they tell you how to play the game and you can also find yeah. marketplaces to buy items so like that kind of adds another nuance like oh shit okay i need to like stock up on weapons so i'm gonna send Dorcas to buy some axes and then <laughs> you know send lynn and other people and i have to say presentation rules it's so good like i think there's i i know that there are a lot of fans who like still prefer the gba sprites and i can see why like i i love the look of three houses but like the animation and the sprites and the pixel art of the landscapes is, is breathtaking I, still. Yeah.
0: I just want to yeah. like really highlight the animation, the actual battle animations are gorgeous. Like yeah, wildly detailed in ways that I absolutely was not expecting at all. Um, yeah. just like really fluid, interesting stuff happening there. Uh, we worth playing just to like, see that. Cause I was amazed yeah. the first time, like one of the barbarian guys like goes and jumps up to try and hit you with an ax. I was like, what, this is like fighting game levels of like incredible animation.
1: Yeah. Or like the mage that there's like wind blowing their cape and they like cross yeah. their arms. Like it's real like they it's really I mean, I think GBA is very similar to SNES in terms of like graphics and, yeah. and both generations like really like utilize everything that's there to like accomplish what they want to. And it's great. Uh it, it's it's really fun i wish i could recommend this game like more strongly because it's kind of hard to get you know like unless you're unless you're like me and you have an sp and you're willing to spend the money on this like it's i'm sure i'm sure you could find a way to play it but
0: i sure found a way to
1: play it steven (laughs) (laughs) it was cool to go back and it was cool to see like okay like there's definitely merit to the older games in the series they're just very focused on a different thing right you know this game is focused on telling kind of a dragon quest-esque story and really focused on the strategy and the characters are kind of one note so you can fill in the blanks and you can grow an attachment to them that's unique to your playthrough so when you lose them it's you know you feel the loss and that's kind of what the series has always been trying to do whereas in three houses it's almost more about what you're losing around you and not like in your party but yeah i i am having a great time with it And, and i wanted to say too i think it's interesting how they handle the player character so like in three houses obviously you're byleth silent protagonist you're the professor That's kind of how you fill the role in the game. In Awakening, it's a little bit interesting because you... Are Robin so? uh Robin and Crom are like the dual protagonists of Awakening, and Robin is a tactician. So they, they have like their their voice acted. They have lines of dialogue. They are a character almost more than Byleth is, because Bileth is kind of like a proxy for the player. But Robin, their whole vibe is oh, because I'm a tactician, I can see the battlefield. So they're on the battlefield, but they're also like canonically the one giving orders, right? In this game, you're just completely an observer. So like when you you meet She's like, oh cool can you fight and you're like oh no no no, no. i'm a tactician She's yeah. like, oh sick well tell me what to do i guess and you don't see yourself but what's kind of funny is every now and then the characters will like look directly at you in the screen and it always catches me off guard it's, yeah they're like it really know. has big <laughs> judy dench at the end of cats 2019 energy yes lynn is like what do you think steven I'm like ah, <laughs> uh, but you know uh, it's it's a lot of fun and 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 um there are three main characters so i'm, I'm nearing the end of lynn's story uh they just introduced Wood, who is the second protagonist uh so i think at a certain point the action is going to switch to him and then hector is the last one and it gets harder as you go on so i think a lot of lynn's story seems to be like the tutorial and like they're now kind of letting their reins off where i can choose like which units are going in and and mm-hmm. i kind of i've been introduced to all the types of units so like you know having a thief and what they can do versus you know, having uh, an archer or a mage or a healer, I, I enjoy it a lot. I, I really enjoy going back with series that I really love, and I at I think that this game is is really occupying a different space than Three Houses is, or even Awakening. You know, it's it's really in a league of its own. And like you said, I would recommend just even looking at just like the display and the presentation of this game because it's it's really timeless.
0: Yeah, yeah, the even like down to the color palettes of the like quote unquote cutscene. Moments are like really interesting choices, honestly. Uh, I I was really surprised by just the look of this thing yeah i don't know i i i liked advanced wars when i was younger um but something about fire emblem i think like just at that point in my life i just didn't want to read a bunch of like text and dialogue if i, oh, yeah. if I had to guess was the thing that i bounced off of and i found that revisiting it a little bit for this episode um i i was actually really glad to have it because it, it was like goofy and a little bit one note as you're saying but like still uh gives you that like quick hit of the fire emblem thing that you're looking for yeah um, i don't know honestly I, I mean i said earlier that that this is probably a good one to start with. I don't actually know if that's the case. I I might I might take that back. But I do think if you're a person who played three houses and you want to see like the exact like You know, just the starting point of that, if you want to see like the most like prototype of what three houses became like, this is definitely a thing that you can play and have a good time with, especially if you already have a lot of that stuff ingrained in you. If you already know how to play Fire Emblem and you're okay with playing on a difficulty, that's not easy. So like if somebody dies they're like dead for good, that's a thing that's in this game like you can't I don't think you can change the difficulty. So you have to play. Uh, with permadeath on which is another thing worth noting so i don't know if you're looking for that kind of challenge and if you're looking for just more fire emblem like definitely check this game out it's it's good yeah still i mean
1: i i think awakening is the closest to three houses because you still have the support scenes you still have the accessibility options but yeah this is like uh this is in its rawest form uh but it, it's it's a blast i i really enjoy it and i think um when you said it it's like going to start with it i thought you just meant like it's a good one it's a good game for them to introduce the series to the u.s with which i think is probably why they chose it you know because yeah. i haven't played any earlier ones but i can only imagine that it probably is more archaic and more unforgiving so the fact that they have a game where there's at least like a dedicated tutorial to like set you up to succeed is probably a good <laughs> a good choice yeah <laughs> Cause I mean, even Awakening, my first one was awakening and I lost my healer turn one. Uh, they were just gone. I did not have a healer for my first run <laughs> of that game. Uh, I actually like, I played, so my first time playing awakening, I like got to the final boss, but I had so many casualties that I'm like, I don't know if I can do this. I think I'm like, I think I am stuck. Yeah. So I started a new game and, and because I, had, at that point picked up like what I should be doing. Uh, I I managed to complete it, but like it took me a trial run of the game to understand how to play it. Right. (laughs) This is more for this is weirdly more forgiving. in you know, 2000, whenever it came out. Yeah. Fire Emblem yeah that's all i have to say blazing blade but blazing blade it's fun it's it's definitely worth going back if if you have the same appreciation for the genre like i do and and you are curious about the origins definitely check it out
0: yeah uh available for the game boy advance and through other means (laughs) (laughs) yep uh cool should we wrap up yeah
1: i think so um as always, thank you so much for listening. Uh, we had a lot of fun with this one. As always, if you like the show, the best way to help it grow is to share it with a friend you think you might also like it. Rating us out of five stars. I started doing that because of you. At a on Apple podcast is also very helpful. If you go to into the cast online, all the links are there for the Twitter, for the Twitch, for the YouTube, for the Instagram. Uh, most of our handles are at into the cast. And the only thing that isn't is our Gmail, uh, which is into the Aether podcast at gmail.com
0: right i believe that's it yeah and i think that also actually might be on into the cast online as well yeah if you ever want to
1: reach out by email for whatever reason but you can and the link to the join the discord is also there which we highly recommend join the discord another thing i want to announce uh so we have a medium also at into the cast uh the medium was created initially through our patreon when we first launched the patreon there were three tiers a dollar got you a shout out three dollars got you the google drive link to all the So, art and five dollars got you to uh, the a subscription for the monthly newsletter which was Brendan and I writing about some of that interested us or writing creatively game related. Like you wrote really lovely poems, about animal crossing that were featured in a zine recently. Yeah. Uh, You want to give that a plug?
0: Yeah. Yeah. It was, uh, it was a site called a pretty cool poetry thing and they just uh, released a zine that is a wonderful, I'll I'll put the link in the show notes maybe. Um, But yeah, I have two, two of the three animal crossing poems I wrote are in there. And the third one I saved for the medium. Oh,
1: and we featured a lot of writers we admire and, and artists we admire too. So we, we, we it was going monthly and then at a certain point we decided to not pay well anything like we were proud of what was there and didn't want to like have a select few see it so as you know now the patreon is a dollar or whatever you want to give us gives you a shout out and anyone supporting at all even one person lets the show grow we do the monthly bonuses for everyone and the medium also became open to everyone so you can actually go back and look at all the past entries as well um it's been kind of on hiatus because once we stopped being beholden to the patreon we just got busy and it was hard to commit to monthly never wanted it to be forced and we never wanted to like purely rely on others to make it happen so we kind of just put it on ice and figured out what it was but i've always kind of seen it in the back of my mind as a canvas for the show to just sort of explore things that are outside of our media discussion so i recently wrote something uh, that i had a lot of fun writing and i hope you enjoy reading it it's a guide uh for uh, people who are curious about rpgs who want to get into them but don't really know where to start and i have uh, chosen a handful of games that I consider good gateways into the genre for, for a variety of different reasons and I've also done some drawings to accompany it. It will already be out by the time this episode comes out so uh, we'll we'll link in the show notes as well but um, I, I am excited to make the medium active again and honestly uh, I want to thank you Brendan for inspiring the idea because part of what made me do it was our conversations about how you have for so long wanted to get into RPGs but like struggled to because you know you played Fire Emblem Blaze blade at age 11 or you know whatever like it 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 can be and and you're not alone in that and i think with the show we're recommending so many things i think it could be a little bit overwhelming so i wanted to like really kind of sit down and have a dedicated like okay here are the games that will like fit these desires (laughs) you might laugh because a lot of them are like all-time favorites of mine that i have talked a lot about but i i think it's a different angle that that hopefully you'll enjoy reading
0: yeah, it's a great piece. I, I'm really stoked Thanks. about it. And, and your uh, illustrations for it are also really good. Um, but I, I, I do think the important thing worth noting is like uh, if you're a person who has listened to this show a lot, you know, a lot of this stuff is stuff that you've heard from us over a bunch of episodes. Um, but I see this as kind of like a, a link that we can send to people constantly. You know, this is the kind of thing where like it, it'll live forever on the Internet um, as the kind of thing that can be referenced constantly by people who uh, have the same struggle that i did i don't struggle is not a good word for it, but you know what i mean um the, the the same desire that i did um yeah i'm really excited for it to come out i mean as of our recording it's not out yet but uh tomorrow's a holiday and uh we're gonna release the thing so that'll be nice um, yeah yeah it's 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 cool and good and uh I, i'm glad it exists and it makes me want to write more stuff for the medium as well i bet i started that blog uh wavelengths.online uh, a while ago uh as as mainly a way to write about tech stuff uh because i wasn't writing about tech as much and then uh, i wrote like three pieces in a row about video games um <laughs> for some reason and uh, i don't know just like didn't think to put them on the medium so maybe I'll, I'll move those over to the medium as well um because i think that they should live there um and i can save my own blog for for tech stuff. But uh yeah, I think uh expect to see more from the medium um is, is my hope. Um also while we're talking about stuff that we're doing more, uh we we have talked a lot <laughs> about streaming more often. Um that is actually going to happen, like for real for real. Um my plan currently is to get up early every morning And stream Spelunky every morning, every weekday before work, Um, which is a a tried and true timeless classic thing that people have been doing with Spelunky forever is like waking up and then doing like a breakfast morning coffee stream with the daily challenge. Um, And that is a thing that I've always wanted to be a part of and just like never really did with the first one. Uh, so I'm excited to get in on the ground floor this time. Uh, I think it's going to be fun. I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm so looking forward to Splunky too. I can't even begin to describe yeah. how excited I am about it. But anyway, um, that's going to be twitch.tv slash into the cast. Um, just like get ready for that to be happening a whole bunch as well.
1: I'm very excited.
0: Yeah. So uh, I don't know, spinning up a bunch of things. I mean, really, we, a lot of it was on hold because I was moving and stressed out about moving because obviously moving is stressful. Um, Steven, you just moved earlier this year as well. Uh, so, yeah, I don't know. Uh, 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 Look for things spinning back up. Yeah, we're settling
1: back into our routine and figuring out what works for us. You know, I think uh, I think the medium will be more active. I don't know if we'll be beholden to a schedule, but it will definitely be a living space again.
0: Yeah, as I've said uh, to you off the show and uh, I think also on the show and maybe elsewhere, um, one of the things that we don't talk about too much outside of Nintendo stuff is news. And that's stuff that I love to like discuss and write about and things like that. So I I could see uh, the medium having a little bit more of a newsy presence as well um as as these bigger features like you're writing so um yeah i don't know i think it's gonna be fun i i'm i'm stoked about it Yeah, you know, the the aether grows dear listener
1: <laughs> is that a threat it sure uh, is yes. and i guess we'll sign up for real for real but uh i i always get thrown off when i go first but i'm
0: steven hilliger you can find me at steven Hilger. my name is brendan bigley you can find me on the internet at brendan bigley have a wonderful week goodbye goodbye have a great week everybody Uh, Yoshi TWG the worst garbage dot online